the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the WPTF Weekend Gardener. Mike Rayleigh here, along with Ann Clapp. Morning, Ann. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing just fine. Drug yourself in again, huh? I did. How about and, that? I, I saw this really nice person that... that just just stopped at your house. Stopped at my house. Better and I watch thought that. that was the nicest thing. <laughs> and uh, Rufus Edmonston, the former Attorney General, Secretary of State in North Carolina, and uh, Deputy Chief Counsel on the Senate Watergate Committee, and the current Secretary General of Gardening in North Carolina, is with us uh, from his abode. Good morning, Counselor. Well, good morning, everybody. I, I had to tell Jasper that he needed to be quiet because he has very dignified people uh, on the radio. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, you're used to hanging around with the dignified people. We're not among them, though. But uh, he tell him he, he can go ahead and bark if he wants to. Well, they're the smartest people I've ever hung around with. I know that. <laughs> we do have some smart people on this show. Among them, Nelson Cox, who owns the Garden Hut in Fuqua Verena. You, uh, you brought some flowers, as usual, plants. Yes, sir. Good morning, everyone. Yeah. How are you? I'm Everything okay well. in Fuquay Arena at the Garden Hut? Yep, everything's blooming just on time. All right. And uh, we're joined this morning by uh, a new person to the weekend gardener, Joy Plutro. That's right. And uh, he's a certified arborist. And, uh, Joy, you, you're with uh, a really good company, Advanced Tree and Shrub. And y'all, uh, y'all help people all over the place, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm a certified arborist, so my job is to basically take care of your trees and make sure that they stay alive and um, and that's about it before we go any further did anybody lose their power last night nope i did yes and did yes wow did you lose your power last night rufus absolutely not i i lost the, the power of consciousness in my fleet but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right i just wanted to make sure i won some conspiracy so uh joey uh, tre- treating tree problems and uh, shrub problems is, is uh, kind of hard to do. Are you? Do you have a degree in horticulture? Or? So I actually have a, a four-year forestry degree from forestry. Uh, yeah, oh wow, West Virginia University. My goodness, very good. Yeah. So you've you've kind of bran- branched out. How about that? <laughs> yes, for right. a pun. Yeah. So uh, yeah, 
we uh, we look forward to having you on this morning. We'll uh, we'll talk about uh, shrubs and trees as uh, the first trees. Now that's is that a red bud or a chair? Or it's a red bud that's blooming. Well, it's uh, one of the Chinese red buds. This is the one uh, K's early hope. So it was hybridized and developed um, basically in honor of K Yao. So oh. this is called K's early. Hope it's um was it would it uh this is the time when it starts blooming? Apparently so. Good gra- early <laughs> early hope. Joey, have you seen uh yeah, this seen variety? The, yeah, uh, especially the cherries. Cherries this year. If you drive yeah, down the, the street, the Okami cherries yep. uh, are blooming right now at Crabtree and at Cameron Village yep. in Raleigh. Uh, we've got uh, some that are trying to bloom. Mm-hmm. And, out you know, back the mm-hmm. magnolias star magnolias saucer magnolias saucer magnolias are all, all, uh, all, all blooming mm-hmm. here uh do you have a favorite blooming tree uh, i do like the cherry the cherry is one of my favorites i actually have one in my front yard yeah <laughs> what, like t- what variety do you have it's or? the okami cherry it's the pink one yeah yeah at the uh the early mm-hmm. early uh earliest but i guess that is the earliest blooming cherry isn't it Yep, it's one of them. Um, that and the autumnalis, uh, which you know flowers in the fall as well, spring. Uh, the Yoshino and Kwanzan cherry. The Kwanzan cherry is the one that looks like uh, carnations yep, on it, and the Yoshino is pink. encircles the um, kind of the white pink and bud. Yeah, white. right. It's around the the um, White House, not the White House, but the Jefferson <laughs> Memorial and. Yeah. All of that area out there, so yeah, that they have the festival for every mm-hmm. year. So those are uh, our Yoshino cherries, but yeah, they are the most delicate. I like the the uh, Rufus. Do you have any cherry trees on your property? Uh, yes, yeah, just finished blooming, and then another. I, I remember as a kid, we had the, the largest cherry tree in the in the neighborhood, and all the kids would come to pick cherries, and my older brothers had a, a strong box way up in the top and if anybody tried to get near that they would throw rocks at them <laughs> <laughs> so so you had a uh, an actually fruiting cherry tree huh? it was absolutely so big that the neighborhood came to pick all the cherries they wanted and wow right out the, the birds the to uh, do, do we can we grow cherry trees around here I mean, the fruiting cherries? I, I don't ever see any. I've never seen any fruiting cherry trees around here. Yeah. The sweet cherries are, are don't grow well here. Um, they just don't have enough chilling hours. Um, typically, you, you, you could have them in the mountain area. The tart cherries or the pie cherries um, do a little bit better here. But, but fruit trees in general, they're, they're a lot of work and probably need uh, your expertise, advanced uh tree and shrubs so. yeah trees uh, the the cherry trees do have some problems oh, joey yeah. uh boars for instance so primarily on cherry trees and it goes the same with plums as well as they get what's called a peach tree borer yeah. and that's down by the like soil line or the the root flare or root collar of the tree and that's something you have to watch out for um, if beetles get into your tree it can take you know anywhere from two weeks to a month and they could be gone. Mm. So, yeah. especially on these like, really sappy trees, like the prunus species, uh, you'll see like little, basically, sap pockets on the right. bark. Yeah. Or you'll see little toothpicks coming out, and that's if you know you have ambrosia beetles. Ambrosia beetles, or um, yeah, we just started spraying for ambrosia beetles on all our soft wooded trees, including 
cherries, dogwoods, red buds. Is that something the homeowner should do, or Absolutely. should we hire somebody to yeah. both, like way. an advanced yeah. tree and shrub yeah. to do? Mm-hmm. I, you know, the the Prunus mume um, never disappoints, except that it doesn't seem to live as long as you'd like. You know, it. <laughs> and I I don't I mean is it is, is it the boar is it just not supposed to live very long? I mean. I think it can get some cankers, uh, can get some bores. Um, it's interesting. I, I, I have two Prunus mumes that were planted in 1996, and, and one wow. in the front yard, one in the backyard. They're doing great. Now, I planted one at Garden Hut. Uh, it was a showstopper, um, but it, it finally bit the dust. So I think it just um, depends on uh, location, environment. Care, keeping the fertility up, not stressing the tree. Yeah, uh, I noticed one of my walk that last year was just blooming like crazy, and it smells so good. I look forward to mm-hmm. getting close. I think it was blooming in January, but I noticed uh, throughout this year that it started, you know, the leaves started looking really bad, and it looks like it's it's dead on its way out. Yeah, uh, it, it you know it really makes me sad. And, um, Most of the Prunus mumes this year, or, or at least the ones um, at Garden Hut, um, you know, they would bud out, start flowering, um, and then we'd get a cold snap, and it would, uh, you know, nip some of those flowers, and then they would swell and start blooming again, and we'd get another cold snap. So they weren't as, as glorifying this year with the way the, the roller coaster weather went, but the Okamis, they're doing great. Yeah, they seem to be yeah. uh, the ones that I've seen, and we're seeing more of those planted, I think, because they do it's bloom a small, early. Small cherry, mm-hmm. so yeah. it's not going to be as large as the Yoshino or Kwanzan cherry. Um, so it's a very manageable um, small tree, understory tree. Uh, yeah. Any uh, new varieties uh, of in that realm? Trees uh, of uh, cherry trees. Uh, <laughs> So, um, with the Okamis, there's, um, uh, I think it's called First Lady or Pink Lady. Um, there, there's always a few cultivars coming out. but Are, not, they, are they dark? It's a little bit darker. Yeah, the Pink Ladies mm-hmm. are? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. I really like that. I had a, uh, a Prunus Mume that had really dark flowers on it that came from the garden hut. Beautiful tree. That was Kobe. Yeah, um, and, and such, a, such a great fragrance, kind of a cinnamon fragrance on that uh, kind of clovey cinnamon yeah mm-hmm. something we've always talked about on this show joey is is having encouraging people to plant things that bloom year-round have something in the, the landscape to bloom year-round it's it's easy around here oh yeah for sure i mean we're, we're in one of those zones where i feel like we really get a a winter you know what i mean yeah like, it doesn't it certainly doesn't seem like it yeah just kind of here and there now uh how do you come down do you come down on a good good side of uh nandinas do you like nandinas <laughs> i love you, nandinas or you get them well i actually have nandinas in front of my house and i actually recommend nandinas to a lot of my clients because they don't really have a lot of problems yeah you can't kill them as opposed yeah. to the the and they're not they don't grow like super super fast where you have to cut them back every year yeah. like a ligustrum or something that you know um but yeah i mean they're a really great species now what did you bring in this morning Nelson? that um uh that's one called gulf stream um is that a smaller variety everybody's going to dwarf it, varieties it's now. definitely more compact there are some that are 
even more compact. So Gulfstream's going to get somewhere between three, three and a half foot tall. Um, I do have some obsessions coming in next week. It's more of a, a two. I've known that you had obsessions. <laughs> or you walk right into that. Exactly, exactly. But, but uh, neither here nor there. Yeah, um, and then there's uh, there's a blush, um, which tends to be more in habit, like the Firepower Nandina, but uh, has more of a pink tone to it. Um, there's one called Flirt, which I really love, uh, the texture of the leaves and it tends to be just very low, short, kind of like the Gulf Stream or Harbor Dwarf Nandinas. Um, but there's so many great Nandinas out now um, with just, you know, better winter interest. Um, there's, there's uh, did I say Plum Passion already? There's um, so many, there's a variegated one called Twilight that kind of has that, that uh, pink and white variegation as the new growth flushes. And that's the thing about so many of these new cultivars. They're well-behaved. They're, um, they're tighter, they're more compact, they fit our landscapes a little better, and when they flush out, they have lots of color to them, as well as the, the fall and winter color. Yeah. We're going to talk more about Nandinas coming up. I want to find out more about uh, Advanced Tree and Shrub. Tell us about the business. Uh, what's so, yeah. it all about, and, and who, who do you serve? I mean, well, basically, it started, so about four years ago, I started, I was able to start the business when I was 26. And so I have a, like I said before, I, have a I was just scared at 26. <laughs> I, you know, I, I just didn't want to get fired. I'm, I'm kind of still that way. I don't want to get fired after. Well, I'll tell you, it's tough. Years. Uh, and so basically, I have a four-year degree uh, from West Virginia University, and I specialize in arboriculture, and that's urban forestry. And so my job is basically to know all your insects and diseases. Um, and I do property inspections and maintenance programs to keep your plants looking healthy. And so it's all about preserving trees. Like, I don't like to cut yeah. down every tree I see, right? My goal is to keep them alive and diagnose them, kind of like a tree doctor. Yeah. Almost. Wonderful. And how do people get in touch with you? You have a website? Yeah, I have a website. Um, it's actually, we have a Facebook, we have a website, and it's actually a tab on advancedpestcontrol.co. Um, it's a tree and shrub tab that people can go to. Um, like there's Instagram, there's Facebook. So, and they can always call in if they want to. We do free tree inspections. So anytime somebody wants me to come look at a tree or a property, you know, they can always give me a call, and that's a free inspection. Very good. Very good. All right, 919-860-9783 is the number to call anywhere in North Carolina. Uh, Gail will be next here on WPTF. She's from Raleigh. We'll be back. You're listening to the WPTF Weekend Gardener. It's 821. For 40 years, it was the Tar Heel Gardener. And since then, the Weekend Gardener has invited you into their backyard. A WPTF tradition since 1945. We're back on WPTF at 826. Mike Rayley here along with Ann Clapp and Rufus Edmonston. And, uh, of course, Nelson Cox, owner of the Garden Hut, is with us. And uh, we are, are so glad to, to be joined this morning by uh, a new sponsor. And uh, we do love our sponsors, and uh, you have already been listening to him this morning. I hope you've been listening to, to Joey. 
but uh, advanced tree and shrub, certified arborist, and uh, Jory Plutro is, uh, is with us. And uh, you're welcome to call us at 919-860-9783. Gail, good morning. You're on WPTF. Oh, good morning. I have a question about an area. I had planted a rose bush there, and it developed the rosette. So I was told to take it out, bag it, and, you know, not to plant anything there for maybe two or three years. Yeah, I mean... I've seen a lot of roses that have rose rosette virus, and the common theme is, yes, you, you want to take it out. As far as not being able to plant anything there, um, I've never heard of that. It could be some merit. So, they'll say you. Yeah, you basically don't, you probably don't want to put another rose or rose species back in there. But um, any other type of plant, um, you should be good to go. Um, and And basically, you know, if you do have other roses or you decide at some point to plant more roses, it's all about keeping them um, pest-free so that you don't develop this rosetta. Um, and that, that's, that's basically the bottom line is, is keeping the plant healthy. Roses have high fertility. Um, and then, you know, you have to be preventative so that you prevent the spread of the rosetta, which pests um, basically inoculate the plant. So... Um, but that is false about, um, you know, not being able to plant anything there for whatever, a period of time, two years, three years, wh whatever you said. But um, you, you certainly, you could plant a conifer, you could plant another type of flowering uh, shrub. And so there, there's lots of options that you would have in that situation. Rufus, you ever had any rose rosette on your roses? One time, and, and uh, the last time I heard of it, it was in the Atlantic Ocean. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I took that thing so so far away, <clears throat> but 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 I have planted right back in that same place. Uh, th this was a a knockout, and I went back to an old old uh, fashioned rose, and it it, it thrived. I oh, I waited okay. a couple of years, but yeah. I put it. I put it right back in there. It just wasn't wasn't another knockout. Right. Yeah. And for anybody who has other roses, if you have some roses that have rose rosette, from what I understand, is they spread by mites. Right. Um, and so you know, it may be a good idea to have someone come out and look to see if your roses have mites. And it's okay to cut it out, um, but you have to disinfect your pruning shears or your cutting tools before you cut another rose. Right. Because if you don't do that, you're spreading the rose rosette virus right. to your other roses. And, Gail, well, we've got a break for news. Did, uh, did you have anything else? Uh, we can well, that, that wasn't my question. Okay. Well, hold on, and we'll, uh, we'll talk more about it coming up here on WPTF. Let's get back to the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. We're back on WPTF at 8.33. It might help if I pay attention here and stop talking <laughs> off the air. All right, back to Gail. Gail, we thought we answered your question. What's your question? My question, <clears throat> excuse me, my question is, since I did everything I was told to do about the rose, didn't plant anything there, I put a shrub in there last year, and it looked like it was doing very well, and then it just started to die. What kind of shrub was, did you put in there? It was a guru. A guru? That's the way you pronounce it. Uh, huh? A yes. cryptomeria? I don't know that. 
I just know it, it, it was called, that's the way it's called. Kind of an evergreen that looks a little bit like a cedar? No, it's just a little flowering shrub. It's a pink flower. It's very pretty. Called Guru? Yeah, I don't know what, I don't know yeah. what that is. Guru. Yeah, Guru. All right, but my point is that it died. So I'm, what I'm wondering do I need to just take all, dig all that soil out and replace no, it? No, you do pro- not. Probably has nothing to do with no. with as uh, long as you're not putting another rose yeah. back there. Um, just you know, do good soil amending, uh, water your plant in during droughts, uh, get it established. It should do fine. Yeah, newly planted anything can can be susceptible to dying because the roots may not develop. Yeah, I mean the biggest thing I've planted a lot of trees for people, and the biggest thing I found is is planting them correctly and not too deep and the soil around here is also depending on where you're at is not that good so adding compost and granular fertilizer mixing it in with your soil and and planting them at the right depth is key rufus you want to add anything to this discussion well i I can tell you one plant that will live in there if she wants to try it the the much beleaguered nandine that we were talking about a moment ago they will live anywhere. Yeah, that's and, true. And I have a rule of thumb. I don't care what kind of plant it is, and I don't know from whom I learned it or where I read it. I always leave the top of the plant out of the pot about an inch above the soil line. I've, I've, I've always had great luck with that. Any kind of plant, I, I, for instance, yesterday, I put in two daphnies. Now, I know everybody's going to say, well, how long are they going to live? I've got, I've got a couple here that have not committed suicide within 10 years. <laughs> and I, I, yesterday I made sure that when I planted them, that I had to, it about an inch out of the, out of the top of the ground, the level of the ground. And uh, Joy was mentioning uh, depth. I think that's one of the, the worst things that people can do because you're just building a pocket for water to stand in them. Right. Yeah, we can drown them or, or, they may not get enough water, and certainly something newly planted has roots that that may not take up enough moisture, especially if it's planted in the spring. Uh, so, yeah, and and also you want to start with a quality plant and make sure that it's a plant that's adaptable to the area you're planting in, whether it's uh, you know shade, sun. Um, you know, in a little microclimate, so that's important as well. Yeah. So what? Okay. I I'd like to ask. Is there? Such, I'd like to plant a peony there. Is there a dwarf peony? Or there's some that are a little shorter that you don't have to prop up. Is I think what she's asking. Uh, again, I'm assuming you have a nice sunny area, um, and if it's ba- basically yes, you can find some peonies that are going to get twenty to twenty four inches, and um, you know, I always suggest too. You could put like um, like the English do, kind of like the little um, cages that the blooms will go through that and hold it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can find some really uh, very nice looking ornate mm-hmm. type uh, little it's cages like for them. Like a little them. grid that goes yeah. around the plant. Yeah, you don't want it to. You don't want a, a tomato cage or something around it, but <laughs> something on that order. But uh, something that would look nicer. But they they all have a tendency to. Uh, their stalks don't seem to be very strong. Uh, they they can be. Um, I mean, you know, again, once that bulb gets established and 
uh, these little peonies will hold their stems up just perfect. But I could see when they're young, maybe mm-hmm. not quite holding those those blooms up. But once they get established, um, they should do fine. Of course, heavy rain and lots of blooms, they may tip over. But so, is that your next project, Gail? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna try planting something there again. I'm going to give it another try. Yeah, I I really don't think that uh, your rose problem had anything Mm -hmm. to do with your your other plants problem. Yeah, I guess my biggest takeaway is is if it's a wet area, you know, we I can send you species for wet areas, or if it's a sunny area, there's certain shrubs you want to plant. So picking the right plant for the right area and planting it correctly is going to be watering it properly too. It is a little moist in that area because it's kind of low. So maybe I need to build up the soil a little bit more. Definitely. Or yeah, and and plant something that is going to thrive there. Find find something. I, it may not be uh, a peony. Oh yeah, so peony needs I... good drainage. Well, so uh, just just uh, contact uh, somebody like Nelsa or 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 uh, Phil Campbell or Logan, somebody at a uh, good reputable garden center. Uh, we'll we'll be able to tell you that something joey what uh what are your what's your advice well i mean i could send you a whole list of shrubs uh yeah you can contact joey certainly uh, for wet wet areas and if you need someone like me a certified arborist to come out you know that's what i do is i can inspect your property and tell you what to plant where to plant it and how to um so that you don't have things die Mm -hmm. over and over right is there a number that I can call you, call you or an email? I can. Yeah, so the office it. number um, is 919-569-0500. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, I will get the list for moist areas, and then I'll give it another go. Okay. Yeah, that's great. Gail, good okay. luck to you, and, and please call us back to let us know if, if all of this worked, if something worked in that area. <laughs> Because I, I know it's frustrating. Yes, very much so, because you buy the plants and they die. I know. <laughs> I've, I've experienced that myself. So uh, thank you so much for listening and calling, taking the time to call, and we'll uh, talk to you later, hopefully. I'm with you every Saturday. Well, thank you, Gail. Okay. Have a nice day. Have a good day. Yes, right, ma'am. Bye-bye. Too. Thank all of you. Bye-bye. Yes, ma'am. That is frustrating to because plants are expensive. Yeah. I always tell people, I work a lot with landscapers, but they say if you plant a new landscape, expect about 10% to die. One in every 10 is probably yeah. not going to make it. Well, in so, my yard, I don't always have time to take care of things, and if, if, it's, if it doesn't hold up, it's is, gone. I, you know, it, yeah. it's dug up and gone. Again, if you start with a healthy plant, um, you should... Yeah. be pretty close to right. uh, you know 99 percent. be careful in the summer rate. if you're planting something with our hot humid summers you yeah. still can plant stuff you can uh, yeah yeah the the biggest thing that i've seen i, I just planted a peach tree uh, that i bought in the area and what i find is is no matter where you buy them from that they already have too much dirt in the pot already so they're already planted too deep like i took off oh. when you plant a tree you want to be able to see where the roots meet the stem. And when you pull it out of the pot, you can't see that. So you uh, want to scrape off the first couple inches before you even plant it in the ground. And on a tree like that, I mean, obviously it's grafted. So making sure that um, root stock's not covered with soil. Um, yeah. All right. I want to mention, uh, hey, Rufus, uh, one of my, uh, somebody in my neighborhood 
has taken some uh, the shears. I don't know if they did it themselves or they hired somebody to do it. They had some really big crepe myrtles, and they just they just uh, cut them right in half. <laughs> and, <laughs> You've never seen so much debris. It's all it's all out there. Uh, so much debris in your life. I have no idea why they decided to do that or who told them to do it. But uh, that's the the trees are never going to look the same, are they? Yeah. I, I'm absolutely going to uh, probably initiate a, a division of the Wake County Chitlin Club to investigate people that commit great murder. Okay. Great murder. <laughs> well, you know, that. Tony Avon's been, been going after people. I'm sure, Nelson, you've uh, probably uh, done the same. People people really shouldn't. It, it doesn't do the plan any good, and it doesn't do the the looks of your landscape Mm-mm. any good, the yeah. attractiveness of your yeah. landscape. Well, I mean, uh, for me, I think the people, or, or why people do it is, great myrtles can take it. They're one of those trees that you can cut in half, and wherever you cut it in half, you get three or four little suckers that come up, and crepe myrtles can get really big and really heavy on the ends. Mm-hmm. And so you're basically, when you cut it in half, you're taking a tree and making a bush on top. And yeah, it's a lot exactly. easier to maintain. And that's that's uh, what it looks like. it's not good for the tree. Somebody else uh, down the street's been doing it for 20 years, so these, yeah. these little street trees, these crepe myrtles out there, and they look like... Uh, Bob Ross or something. <laughs> got, you know, he's got a little hair up there, a little patch of uh, green hair. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, don't do that. I I would certainly discourage. I, I'd cut the trees down Well, the, the proper put way to else. plant or to trim crepe myrtles is they're supposed to have a natural V-shape. So you want to prune them in a V-shape and basically thin out the interior. So any crossing, rubbing branches, and things like that. And you can take a little off the top, but not – Cut them in half, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you're not. The other thing is, people think that they're going to bloom more. They're going to get a better bloom mm-hmm. or something, but they're not. That I, that I don't think just anybody all good air circulation, like you said, uh, cross branches, and yeah. um, just providing that good air circulation, which will aid in the health of the tree. And um, and you know, I think the most important thing with uh, crepe myrtles is you can get them almost in any flavor and any size. Yeah. So choosing the right plant for the right spot. So if you want a crepe myrtle, um, then you know you only have the ability or the the room for a plant to get twelve foot. Then buy one that gets twelve foot. Rufus, was that you barking or or was that Jasper? <laughs> Jasper was talking about. Don't believe a thing that Nelson said about that. All right, on that note, we'll take a break and be back with more of the Weekend Gardener here on WPTF. You're listening to the longest-running gardening show on the radio. It's the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. We are that, as is, is, uh, far as we can tell, the oldest uh, ra- gardening radio show, radio garden show, <laughs> whatever you like, in, uh, in the country. I'm not sure about Great Britain. I bet that there's, there's bound to have been a garden show on the, the BBC yes. yeah, at some point uh, you know, long ago that's still running. But I don't know. At any rate, you're uh, stuck with us, at least for the time being. 
Mark is in Clayton. Mark, good morning. You're on WPTF. Good morning, Mark. Hope you guys are doing well. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, so I, I, just a quick question. I missed last week. You, you all were talking with someone who was a restaurant owner, and you talked about the restaurant and all the food, and I missed the name of the restaurant. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, Dan Clues, C-L-O-O-S. He uh, he runs an outfit there off uh, Avent Ferry Road called Clues. Yeah, Clues mm-hmm. Coney Island, and it's okay. kind of an NC State hangout, but uh, not necessarily people. Carolina people go there too, <laughs> and do yeah, they, they allow that? <laughs> they allow, but it's a, it's great. It's, it's a joint. It's a, it's a great place. A great hamburgers, hot dogs. Uh, they I think he has beer there and um you know soft drinks tea all of that stuff and lots of different sandwiches and great french fries it's your coney island okay. dog yeah <laughs> so okay uh, that, that's all i needed i just I, i'm gonna give it a, a, a try and i'm always looking for a good place to eat so i, I uh dan sent out i'm facebook friends with him I, he sent out a, a picture a couple of weeks ago he uh with uh the dan uh, with uh coach doran mm-hmm. And uh, Coach Avent, the baseball coach there, they eat. I know I've seen uh, Elliot Avent there several times over the years. Uh, I haven't caught Co- Coach Dorn there, but uh, Avent's a good old Nash County guy. He is. He's he's from Aventon. Yeah, I know. Uh, uh, just uh, kind of west of Red Oak. Yeah, Mark, you. Well. Oh, that's right, Mark. You you uh, you know about Nash County, don't you? I do. Yeah, I do. So. Dan Dan Clues at uh, tell him tell us uh, tell him you heard him on the show he'd be thrilled. I'll do it, Mark. Thanks so much. Mark, take care, buddy. All right, bye. Bye. Nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three nine one nine eight six zero WPTF. You're listening to the Weekend Gardener. Mike Rayley here, along with Ann Clapp and Rufus Edmonston, Nelson Cox, owner of the Garden Hut in Fuqua Arena, and uh, Advance. Tree and Shrub is uh, is one of our new sponsors, and we're so always so glad to to have new sponsors uh, on the show. And uh, uh, Joey, you're no different. Thank you so much for for joining us. This, I hope it hadn't been uh, too unsettling for you. No, it's been great. I appreciate you guys uh, inviting me on the show. Joey Plutro is with us, uh, but yeah, we it's kind of raucous in here at times. <laughs> but you know. For a bunch of old people, we no. I'm not talking about you, Nelson. Of course, you're not. Just, just saying, Rufus and me. At any rate, uh, Don is in Garner. Hey, Don. Good morning, Don. Good morning. Hope you folks are doing well. Yes, sir. You all right? I yes, sir. I'm fat, dumb, and happy. Hey, okay. very good. Very good. You said it. I didn't. There. That I want any controversy. Right. And I can prove it. <laughs> <laughs> so what's going on, Don? What's happening in beautiful Garner? Getting ready to garden. Uh, you mean vegetable garden? Yes, sir. All right. And, awesome. And I, uh, I, I'm, I'm, no, I'm premature with my question, and certainly not going to plant right now. But squash borers, is there a preventive for them? Well, I'll tell you um, one little trick I use. Um, it's it's maybe a little tedious if you're planting you know several or more than more than half a dozen um which i'll have 20 or more 
Okay, so you're providing for a small village, but um, <laughs> what, what? You're, you're a big eater, huh, Don? Southern White County. All right. So I tell you one thing I do is I take um, aluminum foil, tin foil, aluminum foil, and um, I I kind of make like a collar to go around um, the the stem of the plant, and I and I leave it a little bit loose so that I can expand. Or the collar grows to expand. Uh, I mean, I've kind of put it around the the stem, but it's loose enough that the 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 large stalk that will get what two inches in size or inch and a half in size can expand with the foil. Um, but that and I end up inserting like about a, a half inch to an inch in the soil, and then there's about a, an inch to two inch um, collar around the the top of the plant. So. Um, I've also even used, like, I've cut rings of, like, PVC, and if, especially if I plant seed, and I'll just, you know, take, like, a four-inch cross-section of PVC that's, you know, two-inch, three-inch collar, and uh, insert that in the ground an inch, and then plant my seed, and then, you know, it germinates, and you've got that collar. But the foil works really well um, for me. Uh, to help keep the boards out, it just extends the the longevity, the life of the squash. At my mom last year, oh my God, we had the squash from hell. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> so you you had uh, a lot we of had, too much squash. We had a squash that was still producing in the fall. I, I, I've never seen anything like it. But that thing just kept growing and growing and growing, both zucchini and squash, um, and it had. Um, some landscape fabric around it um and we did not do the collar but it had it was an area where we had never planted squash uh and so (laughs) were you going to plant some again this year absolutely (laughs) but uh that was a lot of fun to to have squash all the way up till till literally almost right at frost um but that's what i use as a collar uh certainly i I try to keep pesticides out of my my vegetable gardener you said pvc uh, are you talking about sheet plastic or, or, or? Uh, well, like I'll have irrigation, two inch irrigation pipe that, you know, has gone bad and I'll just cut sections of it. Okay. But, okay. but the foil sure. works really well. Yeah. Foil is what I've, yeah. I've heard for, for years and yeah. years, Don. Okay. So that's what I, that's what I was asking. I appreciate the information. Hope y'all have a wonderful, Thank you. wonderful weekend. I hope you do too, Don. And please call us and let us know if it, if all of this worked for you. Appreciate that. Have yes, a sir. Day. All right. Thanks. Hope you have a good crop. Bye-bye. Thank you. Let's head to New Hill. I was down in that area yesterday, taking the back way from Fuquay to, you were you? I was, yeah. Okay. Home inspection this year. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful <laughs> place um, out there, heading to Pittsburgh from mm-hmm. Fuquay. So Sean is in um, in New Hill. Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. How you doing? Real quick, I'm new. I'm here a year and a half from New York. Um, I want to put an Asian pear tree. I could get one over here at Asian Market over here off the um, highway. And I want to. My family loves it. My wife is Korean. And I really would like to try to get an Asian pear tree. And one other thing, the mulch around my house, one of these new build communities, you know, you got the mulch around the house. I they, uh, well, we, I know Joey was just talking about, uh, off the air, talking about mulch and uh, how we abuse mulch <laughs> or abuse the use of mulch. But what about the, the pear tree, Nelson? Or, uh, 
Well, Joy you're, you're or... probably going to need a pair of them for, for cross-pollination. Um, so make sure that you you probably make preparations to plant two. And um, I'll let Joey talk about the mulch. Pretty easy piece. Let me ask Rufus. Uh, Rufus, you ever had a uh, ever tried to grow an Asian pear tree? I know you've had pear tree out there. Well, I, I frankly, I don't know what kind it was, so I'll pass on this. Okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well that was that was a, a good descriptive answer. <laughs> um, I like that. So, How far so should they be one for the cross pollination, as she mentioned? Um, I mean, it, it could be, you know, 15, 20 feet, something like that. Oh, that's perfect. That's perfect for the yard. A good spread. Very good. All right. What about the mulch, Joey? Well, mulch is fantastic. Mulch is great, just not up against the stem of the tree. So when you plant these trees, you want to be able to see where the roots meet the stem. That's called the root okay. flare or the root collar. And you want that to be you know, at grade level or an inch above grade. You don't want to plant okay. it too deep and keep it like a mulch ring is great, but just keep the mulch away from the stem, piled up against the stem too high. Now, how do I stop the mulch around the house, the Bermuda grass from coming up and uh, besides getting out there and pulling all it, pulling all it up? Is there anything else? Like well, hopefully there should be a hard edge in between your landscape bed and your mm -hmm. Bermuda. So it's not creeping in. And hopefully okay. there's a, a root barrier underneath that mulch, um, but you're going to have to edge that. You know, every time okay. you mow the grass, that'll have to be edged, or it'll just keep creeping in your flower bed. Okay. Yeah, Bermuda is hard to stop, Sean. It really is. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm like I said, I'm from Long Island. I never heard. I seen it when I got here. It was brown when we moved in. I was like, what is this? It was like wild. Fire, <laughs> man. A big bush on the floor. I didn't understand what it was. <laughs> Your show is great. I found it by accident. You guys keep up with what you're doing. Well, we're we're all we're the show's kind of an accident anyway. Uh, <laughs> an accident waiting to happen. No, we're the perfect match. You guys have a good day. Hey, Sean, call us again. Thank you. Thank you. All right, uh, we'll we'll check with uh, news rather than take another call. Uh, coming up here on WPTF nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three. You're listening to the WPTF Weekend Gardener. FM 98.5, AM 680, WPTF, Raleigh, Durham, Cary, Chapel Hill, a Curtis Media Group station.